Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, coming to you with another uplifting message of hope and inspiration. I hope that you're doing well today. Boy, do I got a word for you today. I'm so excited to talk about God. We're going to talk about the call of Isaiah. And today I'm going to be reading from a different translation. I know for a while I've been reading from the NIV. But today we're going to read it from the New King James Version. We're going to dive into Isaiah and talk about the call of Isaiah. Because I want you to see that when God wants to use you, he used you. Not just because you're perfect and anything like that. He wants to perfect the call in you because God never calls to qualify. He qualifies the call and he's looking for a willing participant who is willing to serve him and do what all that he asked them to do and that they will lean on him. Remember like this, whenever you're doing something for God, God is always in front of you. He's never behind you. He's leading the way. He's going to give you the ability to do what he has called you to do. I hope that you're happy today. I'm happy today. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what your struggle is today. But I want to tell you, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. He loves you with an everlasting love. He will never leave you nor forsake you in your hour and time of need. Boy, I'm so excited to talk about God. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I, I just rustle inside myself when I think about God and his word and what his word means to me. And what all that he does for human human mankind in other words he thought about us you know before the foundation of the world was laid he thought about what he was going to do even before adam and eve he thought about it he thought about me and you he knew when to send you into the world he knew what you was going to do he knew when you was going to accept him as being your lord and savior he was just waiting on the appointed time to show up in your life, to manifest and give you the glory. God is good. God is love. You know, I don't, you know, I tell you like this, and this is this, this is a this is a true fact. In other words, if you if you're down today, I would tell you just to do this. Just take a take a minute and just begin to praise God. Say, thank you, God. I thank you for where I'm at. Even though it doesn't feel comfortable, God, but I thank you. I thank you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you not because I have victory today. I'm going to praise you because you deserve it. I'm going to praise you because you have always been watching over me. You always have cared about me, even when I didn't care about you. When I didn't want to have no parts of you. You thought about me. And you loved me. Not because... I was loving you. That's the type of God that we serve. That he loves us. But we are not loving him. True story. About me. I remember when I was in the United States Navy. And I was in Japan. And I went downtown to Rapungi. And I went to go park. I wasn't living for the Lord at this time. But God was thinking about me knew he was thinking about me even in my silliness in my mess he was thinking about me and when you realize and you go back to sometimes what happens is you have to go back to those moments when God showed up for you in your life at the age of 19 in a foreign land don't speak no Japanese just know a couple of basic words 
but God is with me. He's guiding my footsteps. This boy from Chicago. So I go out, meet this young lady, just knew he was going to party. He was going to go back and have a good time. But guess what? It wasn't a party. But it was a party. It was going to be a celebration. It was going to be a kingdom celebration. It was going to be a moment that would define my life for the rest of my life. It was going to be that moment that 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, I can go back and say, hey, God followed me. He chased me down. He showed compassion. He showed love. And he showed mercy. When I think about that, I think about that moment. And so, and, and, and to get back to my testimony about this. So, she asked me in English, do you want to come and go with me? Do you want to come and go with me? Man lopsided, thinking one way, but God is thinking another way. Thinking about my soul. Thinking about my salvation. Let me tell you something. I don't care wherever you go. I don't care how far you travel. God can travel with you because he traveled with me. And I'm so excited to talk about it. How he traveled with me. Now, so we get on the train. Now, it took me maybe about three hours to get from Yakuska to Rapungi where I was at. But it took me maybe like another two hours ago where she was taking me on the train. But guess what? I didn't care. Because guess what? I'm thinking one way. But God is thinking another way. What about the mercies and the wonderful grace of God? What a powerful thing. So, true story. So we get off the train. We're in this small town. Pitch black, dark. No street lights. Just ain't like, just not like Chicago. We got lights and color lights where you can walk down and you can see people lights. But as we walk, uh, there's kids who come up to me. They touch my skin to see if the color of my skin would come off. But to their amazement, it didn't change. I was still, still who I was. And so we end up walking to this building with a cross on it. And so I look at this building. And so we go in, open the door. This pastor's come out and say, can I baptize you? I'm like, this is not what I thought this was going to be. But it was a, a day of recognition of God being in my life. And so I didn't object. I remember getting inside of a pool and he dunked me, regenerated me because God had a purpose for my life. So I want to tell you, just like as we talk about that, call of Isaiah. I just want you to know that God would follow you to the ends of the earth. Because that's my testimony today. That God followed me from the ends of the earth. A boy from Chicago. In Japan. Not thinking about being baptized in the name of the Lord and Savior, but get baptized. In Japan. And so this is the magnificent, wonderful working powers of the Most High God. This is a God that knows everything. He's not, he's not, he, 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 you can't get away from God. 
And so I'm going to let someone know today, you can run, but you can't hide from God. You can run, but you can't hide from God. I want to let you know that you're not alone. This is a You're Alone, You're Not Alone podcast, that we are family. We praying and believing one, for one another that God will show up in your life and my life and do some things for you and do some things for me. Like I said, March 19th would be our universal day of prayer that we're going to pray for our world. We're going to pray for our people. We're going to pray that unity comes through the earth in the name of Jesus. We're going to believe that God is who he is and that he can do all that he can do. So I'm excited about that. You know, I'm excited about this outreach to the poor that is getting ready to happen with me and my friend in this church. I'm so excited about being able to go out and be a blessing and be able to share the gospel. I just want to talk about Jesus. That's all I want to do. He's the centerpiece of my life. And I'm so glad to talk to you about him today. Because like I said, we're going to be a family. We're going to support the poor. We're going to do things for people. We're going to help people. We're going to bless people. Not just in prayer, but in deed as well. So I'm excited. Like I said, we're going to talk about the call of Isaiah today. We're going to talk about how he saw the Lord in his majesty. And how this vision that he had of God was so dramatic that it will shake you in your spirit. But I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. You know, like I said in previous podcasts, that we'd like to give recognition and honor to those who listen to the podcast, those who trust in God and, you know, just, you know, believing in God because we're family. And I want to thank you because, you know, you don't have to listen. It's a million of podcasts. It's a million of t television shows where you can get the edification of the word of God from. But I thank God that he knitted us together to be a family, to depend upon one another. And so I usually start with the United States first, but what I'm going to do today, I'm going to start with naming the countries of the people who listen to the, the message. I want to thank the people in Belgium. I want to thank the people of Canada, the United Kingdom, Iran, Russia, and Spain. I thank you for your willingness to take time out your day to hear what God has put in my heart to say. And then in the United States, I would like to thank the people in California, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Alabama, New York, South Carolina, and my home state, Illinois. I appreciate you and I love you and I'm praying for you that God would do something for you. And I hope that you send in your prayer requests or you just send in your testimony what God has been doing for you since you've been listening to the podcast. So I'm excited. Like I said today, we'll be reading from the New King James Version, but you know how we do it. We start out in prayer and then we dive into the Word of God. So let's pray. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I just thank you, Father, for the day. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. God, we're going to rejoice in you, Father. 
We're going to believe in you, Father, that in 2021, that you're going to do things for people that they can't even imagine, Father. That you're going to restore some things and you're going to give new things, God. And Father, and we stand in agreement, Father, for the downcast, the poor, the downtrodden, Father. We're asking you to bless them, Father, to bring them up, Father. That you would do it, Father, for the, the family who don't know how to pay their rent or pay their gas or light bill or their car note, their mortgage, Father, whatever they need. Be there for them, Father. Show up for them, Father. Let them see your majesty. Let them see the love of God. Let them see the miraculous power that you perform when you walk the face of the earth. Father, we ask you to raise people up in hospital beds, Father. That you will restore them back to health. That you will make them whole. God, I love you today, God. You're all I got, God. And it's all I need, God. I just want to declare who you are to the world, God. That's my whole purpose, God, is to talk about you, to glorify you and magnify you around this world today, Father. Take your word and do what you need to do with it, Father. And I stand in agreement for the persecuted church, Father, for those who can't worship you freely. They can't go outside and say, Jesus. They can't look at a Bible. Oh, they're so terrified, God. But I pray, Father, for the persecutors, the people who beat them down, Father, that you would just get inside and do surgery on their hearts and their minds and bring them into the kingdom. Father, you said that you hope that no man perish, Father. I ask you to bless your people, God. I ask you to beat them, fuck them. Oh, Father, touch their hearts, God. Oh, God, I love you, and I just thank you, God, so much. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. See, I'm on fire. I told you, I'm pumped up to talk about God today. Talk about the call Isaiah. Like I said, I've been reading from the New King James Version. And, you know, we're going to talk about Isaiah. And, but I'm going to give you, like, some brief little tad bits before we start. Isaiah was a Hebrew prophet who was believed to have lived about 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. Born in Jerusalem, he was said to have found his calling as a prophet when he saw a vision in the year of King Uzziah's death, Isaiah prophesied about the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So now, this is who the prophet Isaiah was. He has this great vision found in Isaiah chapter 6. And how he sees the God in his totality. And how he sees him in his splendor. How he sees him in all this magic. He's going to see God in such a way. That if you look at Isaiah chapter 6, it will make your heart melt inside. After 52 years of the reign of and leprosy caused the death of, of Isaiah in 739 BC. You can find this in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 26 verses 16 to 23. Isaiah began his prophetic ministry that year. He received the prophecies of the first five chapters after his call. But in Isaiah chapter 6, he returns to authenticate what he had already written by describing how he was called. And this is what he said. He said, I saw. Just right there. Could you imagine seeing God in his 
majesty being praised and seeing him sitting on the throne. See, when we read about Jesus in the gospel, we read about him in a servant capacity. But when Isaiah see him, he see him as God, fully in control, fully in charge. This is what he sees when he sees Christ. He sees him. The prophet became unconscious of the outside world. And with the inner eye, he saw what God revealed to him. This experience recalls the experience of John's prophetic vision found in Revelations chapter 4. Can't understand God. God is awesome. He can be whatever he wants to be. He's interchangeable. He can change his, he can change his description. You might see him this way, and tomorrow he might be this way. That's the type of God that you serve. He can be that. Highly and lifted up, the throne was greatly elevated, emphasizing the most high God. Train. This is a reference to the hymn or fringes, the Lord's glorious robe that filled the temple. Though Isaiah may have been at the earthly temple, the description of this vision, which transcends the earth, the throne of God, is in the heaven's temple. Let me tell you something. He got a glimpse of God in his glory. A glimpse of God in his glory. A glimpse of God in his glory. You know, this is, this is why I love talking about God because, you know, there's so much in the Word of God. There's so much in the Word of God. And, you know, I, I'm just going to start in chapter 6, and I'm just going to start in verse 1. Remember, I'm reading from the New King James Version, but I also want to tell you, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind, and you're not alone. In the year of King Uzziah's died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood Sarah. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. That's in the first, that's just the first few verses right there. That's enough right there to, to talk about that. The seraphims are an order of an angelic creature which bears similarities to the four living creatures found in Revelation chapter 4, verse 6, which turn to resemble the cherub found in Ezekiel chapter 10. These six wings, two wings covered the face of the seraph because they dared not to glaze directly at God's glory. <laughs> Can't even look at God's glory. Two covered their feet, acknowledging their lowliness. Even those engaged in divine service, with two they flew in serving the one on the throne. Thus, the four wings relate to the worship, emphasizing 
the priority of praise. We gotta praise God. You gotta dig inside of you and begin to lift God up. Because when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Did you know that? When the praises come up, the blessings come down. One cried to another. The servants were speaking to each other in an antiphonical phrase. Holy, holy, holy. The primary thrust of the threefold repetitions of God's holiness is to emphasize God's separateness from an independence of his falling creation. Though it implies secondary, that God is three persons. See, Revelation 4.8. So, this holy, holy. So, this is, this is a glimpse. So, you can understand that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that these seraphims was praising the Trinity. So, remember, Isaiah is, is born 700 years before Christ has come. He has this vision. He's seeing God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, being praised in worship. Being praised in worship. Understand this God that we serve. It's awesome. Nothing that he can't do. Don't let your limitations keep you from not seeing God in his totality. Where the four living creatures uttered this holy, holy, full of glory, the earth is the worldwide display of his immediately glory. Perfections and attributes are seen in creation. Fallen man has never, nevertheless refused the glory of him as God. And we're going to go on, we're going to, I'm, 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 I'm going to talk about this because this is, I want you to understand that God is who he is and this is called Isaiah, that, you know, God calls him into service in a spectacular way. He gets to see God in his, in his realm, in a heavenly realm. And let's go back to verse 3. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the doors was shaken. The voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Whoa! It's me. For I, I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The shaking of the smoke symbolized God's holiness as is related to his wrath and judgment. If you look at Exodus 19, verses 16 to 20. Unclean lips. If the lips are unclean, so is the heart. This vision of God's holiness vividly reminds the prophet of his own unworthiness. So you can't stand before God and think that you're worthy. You can't stand before God and think that you're worthy. Which deserves judgment. Job 42 verse 6. 
This is the God that we serve. Holy. Ain't nothing unpure about God. Ain't nothing impure about God. I want you to notice. Isaiah's vision has made him painfully aware of his sins. Has broken him. And so, you know, when he saw this holy vision of God, it was so touching and so powerful that guess what it did? It broke him down. Made him think about him sin. You know, real revival is when, not when people are dancing and shouting, it's when people hit the ground crying, realizing that they need a savior. That's what revivals are about. Men realizing that their sins come against God and they need to be cleansed. This is what repentance is. This is what it's all about. Understanding that you need God. Isaiah has this vision that he knows that he needs God. He knows that he needs God. Let's go to verse 6. Then one of the seraphims flew to me, having his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongues, from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sins purged. See that? When God shows up in your life, he makes you realize that you need him. That you're unworthy of anything that he does for you. But because of his divine mercy and love, you realize that he loves you. But not only does he love you, but he wants to be a parent to you. He don't want to be a God that you just worship without saying, I love you, Father. He wants to be a God that gives you love. He wants to be a God that shows up. He wants to be a God but he mainly wants to be your father. He wants to be that person when you're not doing good and you're all beat up and you're all messed up in your mind. And you decide to call upon him and say, God, I done made a mess of things. I don't know what I'm gonna do, God, how to get out of it, but I'm gonna believe in you that you're gonna help me through my circumstances. So I want us today to get this revelation of this holy God who has this train. It says that, you know, it fills the whole temple. In other words, there's not enough room for God to be maintained. It's not enough room for him to be maintained. And so, the hot coals taken from the altar of incense in heaven, you want to look at it, look at more, look at Revelation 8. It's a purifying thing. In other words, that he's being cleansed. And he's being cleansed. And, and, and he's letting them know that he's ready for service. Call of Isaiah. All God needs is one person willing to be used. Let that be you today. Let that be you be used by God today. 
Let's go to uh, verse 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? See, this is the call right here. Let's look at verse 8 again. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Check this out. When God touched your heart. See, first he had to see God in his holiness. And he had to see him the way he needed to see him. So he saw him. But now God poses this question. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. I send me. Ready for service. Ready to volunteer to be used by God. And he's going to be used by God mightily. One of the most powerful books that you can ever read is Isaiah. Then he goes on to say this. And he said, go and tell these people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of the people dull and, they, and shut their eyes. Least they see with their eyes and hear with their ear and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Isaiah's message was to God's instructions for hiding the truth from an unreceptive people. Century later, Jesus used parables. So Isaiah gets this thing where God is going to use parables, allegories. And he's telling him, you know, in verse 10, Make the heart of the people dull, and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes. Least they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and return to be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, this is God. See, God has given him this call. He's given this mandate what he's supposed to do. So now God's supposed to come back and say, until the cities are laid to waste without inhabitants, the house are without a man, the land is utterly dislocated. The Lord has removed men far away, and they forsaken the place are many in the midst of the land. But yet a tent will be in it, and I will return and be for consuming. See, God always has a plan of restoration. Now, we know eventually that Judah is going to fall, but God is going to lead a tent there because eventually he's going to bring these people back because Messiah is going to come. So Isaiah begins his prophetic ministry, doing what God called him to do. And I just want to let you know today that God wants to use you. Let him use you. Don't be afraid. Just trust him. And I want to end in prayer. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I just thank you, Father, 
for your word. I thank you, Father, that your word would penetrate and change people's heart, that they'd be willing to be used by you, Father, that you would show them and that you would get them a mission and assignment to do your will. Father, I pray, Father, that today that your word would penetrate and, and touch people's heart, but also, Father, I would pray that you would show them your will and visions for their life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I want to tell you I love you. I want to say thanks for listening to the show. I really enjoy talking to you about God. I want to say thanks, family, because we are family. You're, you're not alone podcast as a family. It's not uh, about one person. It's about us just being a blessing to the world. So I can't wait to talk to you again. And remember, God loves you. and You're not alone. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.